Life Audio. Welcome to the Jesus is All We Need podcast with me, your host, Jason Sotil. This is a show where we dig into the personal testimonies of people in the news, celebrities, and folks just like you and me in a way that will leave you encouraged. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Jesus is All We Need podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus is All We Need podcast. This week, we have Todd Tillman, who is a soulful, raspy, classic rock singer. But more importantly, he's a man of Christ, a father of multiple children, (laughs) pastor, and he's also won The Voice season 18. Todd, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, for sure, man. So I know a lot of people know you from being on the show. That's when my family and I first uh, uh, kind of became acquainted with you and we saw everything you're doing. And, you know, not only did we just pull for you because you're a Christian, but I'll be honest, it was because of your voice, man. You were rocking it because a lot of times, I'll be honest, if music isn't good, I won't call it out to anyone personally, but I'm like, man, I'm just not into him. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Bro, you rocked it. What is your style of music, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, man, that is so wild. You know, I kind of joke around with everybody and say, I think I might be accidentally like inventing a new genre because like i don't know like uh i i I love worship i sing worship i sing kind of country gospel music you know i love i love classic rock so i just i kind of just like to sing and do the best i can to sort of just wail on it you know (laughs) yeah i know that's so cool because you know myself as an author i was writing a book about coming to christ but it was also firefighting. But then it like dealt with the PTSD side or the trauma side that firemen have to deal with. Then they had the rescues. And everyone's like, what genre 
uh, is this? And I'm like, I don't know. I was just writing my story. You know, I was writing right. a story that, that God gave me. Do you sometimes find that when you're writing your lyrics or making your music that you just, it's your story is really mixed yeah. into it? Yeah. I mean, when, when writing songs and singing songs, I mean, I kind of just love to do it and I'm just sort of pouring my heart out. And, and if it's something that I'm writing or co-writing, um, I always just weave in there who I am, you know, and if it's a cover, right. it's, it's almost always something that just, I can relate to. So genre, notwithstanding, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. I got you. And that's, that's what I love about it. You know, I mean, we obviously we always got to plug into certain areas, but right. just being you. And I think that's where the draw is for you and to you is that people are just drawn to you because you're real, you know? Yeah. And I think that's so awesome. What I've noticed is whether we're just kind of talking here on a podcast or I'm watching an interview or I'm watching, you know, a documentary about your, your life for, you know, the little <laughs> mini documentaries they do before you start sometimes on the voice. Yeah. It's just you, bro. And, and I yeah. love that. And with that being said, here's something for you. When did you first start getting mixed in music? Oh, man. I first started singing when I was like eight years old. Um, I um, I sang a song called God Likes People at my church. You know, uh, I just kind of got up on, on the little platform up there. And, you know, back in those days, uh, we had cassette tapes that were uh, accompaniment, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so right, I, right. I, I I started singing then, and I've just sort of been singing ever since. No kidding. So you pretty much grew up in the church, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all almost all of the singing, especially up to the voice. Uh, and when I say it, I don't I don't mean like I, I'm I'm pleased with it and very proud of it that I, I did all my singing in the church, you know? <laughs> right, right. Well, that's what's so cool, because my story falls into, I actually wasn't part of the church until the age of 28. And I really never had much introduction to gospel music or, you know, the genre because being out here in California and not part of the church, it's just something that really didn't turn on the radio while I wasn't on the radio. Right. And once my wife, she was my wife at the time, invited me to church and I actually started listening to gospel music. It changed because obviously I'm not here to give a lecture on what worship is as opposed to what's right. just enjoying some good, you know, music. But when I sat there and I saw the inner mixing of worshiping the Lord through right. what these artists were doing, like you in the music, it just blew my mind away. And it gave me a new sense of peace when I turn on the music and start listening. Do you find that a lot of people will hit you up and say, Hey, thank you for this song and give you a reason why? Yeah, I, I do actually. And it's, it's wild too, because, um, sometimes it's, uh, it's like a lot of times it's songs that I wouldn't expect them to really glean anything from, you know? Right. And if I'm, if I'm at a live show or, or either they'll message me on social media or something and say, thank you so much for that, you know, and that, that just means a ton to me. Cause I feel like then you're, I'm doing, you know, what I want to do with the music, which is actually right. connecting with people, you know, you nailed it. And that's like with me with authoring, if you would have walked into my firehouse, even just 10 years ago, and be like, Hey, Jason, you're going to be an author and, you know, you're going to be writing Christian stuff. Bro, I would have laughed you out of my firehouse. I mean, I'm right. from Oakland, 34th and, and, and San Pablo, one of the busiest firehouses in all the nation. And, so, and when I started writing my stories, 
it just blew me away how God uses them, kind of like what you just mentioned. I would sit there and write a story that I thought was totally subtle and like was just kind of a filler, if you will, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, God uses it to touch someone and they communicate with you. And it's not that that's why we do it, but when we get confirmation how God is using our artwork, it's such a blessing. I mean, don't you feel the same? Oh yeah, man. It, just to know that. Um, I mean, I guess it to me at least. I don't. I certainly don't want to like blanket everybody. But when people come to you and they say that it mattered to them and and it spoke to their heart, then to me that's knowing that you're doing the right thing. That's you know that you've you've t- even if because some of the songs I do, um, some of them are fairly transparent about things that I've been through and. Uh, I really, I, it really does matter a lot to me when people come and say that that meant a lot to me because, um, you know, we're all sort of, we have different, like unique experiences, but we're, we're all out here living our story, you know, and we all, there are right. things like, things like joy and pain and heartbreak and all those things are common to us all, you know? Right. Now, in, if you don't mind me just asking this question in the time of pain, well, let me kind of restate that. When I'm in a painful time or in a moment of time or a season where it's like, gosh, I'm just struggling. There's a lot of pain involved. What I always try to do is ask God, is there a lesson in here that I can bless right. other people with? Now, I'll be honest with you. When I'm in the middle of a storm, I'm not really asking that question per se, hoping right. for the immediate answer. But do you find sometimes looking back in those periods of your life that you really do find messages in there that you can write and, and produce and bring to other people? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I, looking back over my life, if I if I were to just pick, you know, the one or two things that just sort of popped in my brain as as the roughest periods of my life, you know, I, mm-hmm. now I can I use that. I always I, I always like to sort of say when those things happen, it's almost like you just take this big sack of rocks on your back, you know. And I, I use this all the time now. Uh, and what you really want to do is you just want to lay it down because it's such a heavy weight. Um, but what you find happens is over time, you just sort of put a rock down at a time. And before you know it, you're free of it, you know, and, and then you right. get to sort of, you get to sort of tell those stories to people that are in it that, you know, I realize this feels like there's no way out and this feels like it's forever, but it's really, it's really not, you know? Right. Right. Dude, that sounds, I mean, I'm going to steal you and bring you to one of my fireman's conferences coming up because that statement right there with the rocks, you just rocked it because the way that I explained it of being a fireman in Oakland for all these years and responding to other people's tragedies day in and day out, sometimes multiple times a day, our job was to show up when people were at their worst and try to help them through. And you know what? It was always God's will. So it didn't always work out the way I wanted it to. And when it didn't work out the way I wanted it to, that rock example for a fireman is every call we went to, we picked up a rock. We picked up a piece of that tragedy we respond to. And before long, that bag was so heavy, it started to tear you down. But I love your example because most people think, hey, um, I'm just going to get that bag of rocks taken off me all at once, you know? Now, obviously, the Lord may. I'm not going to discount that he may for me. He started lightening it over time. He started lightening right. my burdens by giving him that, man. And I love that example, bro. Thanks yeah. for throwing that out there. Yeah. You know, so, for me, it's like one day you just, one day you lay down in the bed at night and you think, man, I wasn't obsessed with that today. You know, whatever that struggle was. Uh, it Because when it started, it was just an obsession all day, every day. But now, 
I didn't think about it at all, you know, and you're free. Right, right. Now, if you don't mind me asking, I know you were involved in ministry and pastoring a church. Is that correct? Yes, now, absolutely. Besides, I know a lot. I know a lot of struggles come from that. Good struggles, and there's a lot of work that comes with that. But even before that, would you mind sharing some of your struggles in life, even just maybe leading up to that and stuff that you know might resonate with other people? Oh, you mean during during my time in ministry? You mean? Yeah, during your time in ministry, or even you know leading up to it, because I know there's okay. so many people in ministry that that have a lot of there's just a lot of angst in there and so much work because yeah. you're dealing with so much messiness and and I don't want any like personal people stories, but let's be right. honest, how rough was that, man? Oh man, yeah, I actually I started in ministry when I was like 18, you know, and so um through the years. And I, you know, uh, once again, I don't want to, I don't want to like blanket everybody, I, I, but it's, it'll right. certainly relate to somebody. Um, what happened with me was um, you just feel the weight of whatever's going on with everybody. You know, when I was in pastoral ministry, I'm, my wife always tells me that I'm a fixer. And as a matter of fact, sometimes she gets frustrated with me. She's like, I don't want you to try to fix it. I just want you to listen. You know, <laughs> bro, we, we and, need to connect our wives right there. I think we're on yeah. the same level. I hear yeah. you as a fireman. I want to fix everything. And she right. just wants me to listen. I hear you, brother. Yeah. So I would, you know, when, when I was in pastoral ministry, I would sit across my desk from you know, people going through struggles or, or married couples that were struggling and you just feel helpless because you want to fix it. You want to have an answer and, you know, you're feeling the weight of what they're going through, you know? Um, but, but really, um, you know what I learned? I mean, of course not, not when they come and sit across my desk when I was a pastor, but in other circumstances, what I learned, uh, mattered the most to people, uh, or at least what they expressed to me was just that I was there. You know, they'd be in, a, right. in the midst of tragedy and I would just stand in the corner, you know, at the funeral home or whatever. I would just stand in the corner right. and they knew I was there. And that, uh, I think right. that mattered the most to them, you know? Dude, that, that means so much, especially coming from my firefighting paramedic side, because like you, I entered my career when I was 18. Let's <laughs> be honest. I, I would never tell anyone to not enter a career at the age of 18. If God's calling you, go, 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 and he's right. giving you that. But, bro, I wasn't ready, man, for a lot of the things I experienced, yeah. you know. But the beauty of it is I also got to experience a lot of things during that time that I now get to use now, which is called experience, right? right so it's this right. quagmire of do you go, do you not go, and how do you use it? But in the fire service, dude, just showing up, that was our job. I always right. tell people, in all honesty – if it was about that daily outcomes, life, I don't, it was, it's tough, man. Or like the fire department, if we found our joy in the outcomes, it would be a miserable job. But if we right. find joy in the obedience of doing the job, meaning showing up right. and then loving on family, like you said, standing in the corner and letting them know we're there, bro, that makes all the difference because yeah. we used to see so many bad things, right? You see so many bad things. But just letting the family know you're there without being overbearing. Right. Bro, that's where I found joy. Because if mm -hmm. it was the outcome, like, you know, in ministry, when you're counseling someone, if you're looking for joy on the outcome of that meeting, maybe the meeting didn't finish the way you want to. There's no right. joy in it. So I always say, find joy in obedience. You know, right, that's you right. find that there's joy in obedience for you too? Absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. Just that, um, you know, because what happens is, uh, 
you know, for good or bad, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. God will use, God usually sort of shows me after when I have some perspective and I get to step away that all he really wanted me to do is just, just be obedient in the circumstance, you know? Uh, right. And, and I don't have to have, you know, a magic pill or a magic bullet to fix everything. Just be right. obedient in that circumstance. And I, yeah, I find a lot of, a lot of peace and joy in that. Okay, so I'm going to make sure that you uh, play back this part to your wife, okay? So you remember that when you're yeah. talking about fixing it? She's telling you to be obedient. No, just right, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, speaking of families, I don't know how to explain it, but I believe it's called a hoard when it comes to the amount of kids you have, a hoard of kids. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah. But you and your beautiful wife, uh, you guys um, have children. How many children do you have? We have eight eight kids, uh, seven at home, but eight total. My mm-hmm. oldest, uh, my oldest actually lives out in California. So, um, no you know. kidding. I don't want to yeah. give too much, but northern, southern, whereabouts? He lives southern. He lives uh, in the LA area. Okay, cool. Well, I'll hit you up off off that because we're always down in the LA area and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, uh, that's really cool. Yeah, you know. So we have four kids. I always say uh, two came the natural way, which we all know is the stork. And right, then uh, right. we had two that were, were adopted and stuff. Um, now, raising eight kids, my guess is there's a large age spectrum there, correct? Yeah, yeah. We actually, two of ours are actually adopted right in, right in the middle. Uh, six came the, the natural way and two adopted. But mm-hmm. yeah, our, believe it or not, our oldest and our youngest have the exact same birthday. Uh, and so, um, we, it's a span of 16 years. He, he's wow. just about to be 23 and she's just about to be seven. That's so cool. Yeah. Because yeah. we have a 16 year old, but our oldest that we adopt is 30 because we adopted her when she was like 16. So we got right. her a little later in, uh, in her life and stuff. Now adopting and families that big career wise. Bro, let's keep it real. Are there days you just want to pull your hair out trying to keep it all like together and and moving forward? Oh man, yeah. I um I don't I've I've never hidden from anybody. Now, I don't just broadcast it every day, but uh right. I've never hidden from anybody that um the weight of being the sole provider for a family my size, man, it, it, now and then it, it can it can feel like it's going to crush you, but um Honestly, what we're doing now, what we've really kind of done most of our life is, is just a walk in faith and God's always faithful, you know, and takes care of us. Right. You know, and that's what Christy, my wife, uh, Christy and I, we, we take the same thing because I always just say, and people hate this, but it's the truth. I'm just a dumb fireman. People are like, no, you're smart. I'm like, bro, I ran into burning buildings. Find smartness in that. Right. Okay. You got <laughs> right. it. No. But, and I'm not, again, like you, I'm not blanket statementing, but me personally, I'm a dumb fireman, you know? Yeah. And and then my wife is a beautiful, smart, and courageous labor and delivery nurse. And we got thrust into ministry, and we didn't see it coming. You know, I mean, obviously, we don't see everything coming. But, you know, when God puts you on a path, a lot of times you see where you're going there. Yeah, you have a sense of it. Yeah, and and the struggles that come with staying obedient on that, saying, okay, he's going to provide because we're not doing this career anymore. We're not doing that career anymore. I'll be honest, there's got to be a little bit of fear. Well, there is fear involved for me. Is there fear yeah. involved for you sometimes by uh, just taking that leap of faith? Oh, man, yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I actually have found that it is, it's, it's very um, effective for me to just 
you know, I don't, uh, you know, I, I believe that discretion after all is the better part of valor, you know, but, uh, but I've, I've found a, a, a lot of peace and freedom in just being transparent and telling people, you know, I am, um, I, it's, I used to kind of make jokes about it, but it's not really a joke. Uh, most of the time I'll wake up in the morning and I lay there in my bed and for about 20 minutes, I just have debilitating anxiety <laughs> about my okay. life and my family and taking care of everything. But then, you know, I get up, take a shower and get dressed and, uh, and just get to work, you know, and, and God's always faithful, always. Bro, thank you for sharing that because with me, I went to, and I never want to call him a shrink, but, you know, being the fireman, I went to a shrink, a psychologist, because when I started writing my book and telling my story, and now it's going to be coming out in a film, I started getting the anxiety. I've always had depression, which got kicked into me just because the way that I was raised and, you know, I had no mom in my life and I was in an abusive home with a dad in Southern California. And I used to run with a bad group of guys prior to, you know, get myself cleaned up. But it's true that the same thing, when I wake up in the morning, my mind's just like, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. Everyone else is so much better. I, how am I going to do this? Now, right. how do you work your way through? Because I know you hop up and take a shower and get ready for the day, as do I. But but when you're spending that 20 minutes, how do you encourage yourself to get up? Uh, you know, man, um, I just remember that that God, is, he's never let me down so far. You know, he's He's never walked away. I really, what I'll do, I do this when I'm singing. Uh, when I, mm-hmm. especially like when I'm in worship and I'm, and I'm leading in worship, mm-hmm. um, in my, in my mind, I just sort of play over all of the times that I thought there was no way out and God took care of us and, and he saw us through it. And, and that's, that's super encouraging, you know, that my entire life, he's always been there. Uh, and so he's not going to stop now, you know, uh, he, he took right. care of us then and he'll take care of us now. Wow. And I hope the listeners kind of grab that. Cause I know a lot of people who listen to my show, they'll, they'll sit there and maybe they're newer Christians and, and some are, have been in the walk a long time. And people will always ask like, okay, Jason, so we know your story. And, you know, I, I went through a period where I almost took my life and I was just at the bottom of the bottom, even though I was this quote, heroic fireman, you know, and had right. everything this world said I need. I mean, cars, you know, a truck, a house, I was dating, I was doing all this stuff and I was freaking dying on the inside. And people say, so the moment you became new in Christ, was everything better? And I'm like, no. No. Nope. <laughs> and everyone just looks at me. And then but there, there's the but. We can't just stop there. You know, that's why right. I'm not a, a mantra type of guy because mantras can be dangerous. Like, give a mantra, then an explanation for it. Right, so I'm like, right. no. But what I gained was obviously the number one truth in eternity in heaven of perfection. That's what yeah. it's all about. But number two, in this fallen, painful world, I also gained clarity on why it was so messed up, what wasn't my fault anymore, and let's be honest, what was my fault? And that brought me a sense of peace because it took the burden off me, which we talked about earlier, and put it, or, you know, let it rest back on Christ, understanding my, my issues. Now, with that being said, when you find that you're, the burdens are coming back in, whether it's in the morning or you're on the road or doing stuff, what are some tools you've come up with that could help people out if they're experiencing that, that pain or that anxiety? Uh, you know, I'll tell you one thing that has helped me a lot. I've actually physically done this before, but I've also just sort of mentally done. I, I do it mentally more than physically, but I have 
physically done it. I've gotten opened up my laptop and, you know, uh, what I've found helps me a ton is I sort of make a list of all of the things that I'm worried about and all of the things that I'm afraid of. And then I separate it into two different lists. The first one is the things that I can do anything about. And the second one is the things that I, they're totally out of my control. So I have to just give them to God, you know? Uh, and then I sort of do what I can to work on the ones that I can work on and trust God with the ones that there's nothing I can do about, you know? That is so good. And to the listeners, go back about 30 seconds and listen to that again, because I just got a truckload of wisdom out of that because I make lists too. Yeah. My lists are, my lists are everything I need to accomplish for the day. Seriously. Right. Yeah. I've yeah. never made a list of what I can't control, bro. And that's so yeah. solid, man. That's so good. Wow. And, yeah. and do you feel that it, that it really does help you along the way? Yeah, it does. Um, because, you know, I, I would say, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that there's a statistic out there. I don't know how they would get it. But, uh, you know, somewhere way up in the high 80s or 90s is the percentage of things that we worry about for no reason at all. You know, it was a it's just we wasted time and energy worrying about something that either we can't help or never happened, you know? (laughs) And so uh, that's so true. Okay. So now that we're here, okay, we're there. Do you sometimes also make up scenarios that aren't happening that might happen and then worry about them? How, oh man! Why yeah. do we do that, bro? Why do we do that? I, I, I now, now I'm laying down on the couch, and you're you're my therapist. Why do we do that, bro? <laughs> yeah, I w- I wish I knew. I I wish. Um, and you know, I don't I don't want to come across negative, but I do I, I do try to be realistic and real with people and honest. Mm-hmm. I, I wish that I could just enjoy. I literally will sit in my truck or wherever I am mm-hmm. and remind myself, Todd, you have a good life, you know. But I, sometimes I'm so overwhelmed with what's going to happen tomorrow that I right. can't even enjoy, you know, today. And I don't know. I, I wish I could figure that out, man. And if you yeah. do, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the only thing I can throw on that, which you already know, is the pastor side of you is fill your heart with the word. Reflect right. on his word. That's right. You know, and I also believe another thing that really works for me is when I stop asking and I just start listening. You know, right. and I'm just yeah. like, God, yeah. I'm here what, you know, what, and not even asking what, but just saying, I'm listening, you know, and, and everything. Right. And then when I walk away, cause, and, and to the listeners out there also, this is why they repetitively hear me say, fill your heart full of scripture. Number one, mm-hmm. because it will come back and help you in a time of need. Number two, while you're filling your heart with God's word, you walk away refreshed, even if the refreshment lasts for a few seconds. Cause I've had times in my life where I've been in such a bad spot where Within 20 or 30 seconds after reading my Bible or praying, I'm back again. Yeah. And so repetitively, I tell people, fall back in, keep doing it, keep filling, because the word will flush out the darkness. The light will That's turn right. out the darkness. We have overcome the darkness, but let's be honest, we're still walking in a world full of pain and, and, and yeah. anger. So that's just an encouragement that I have for folks. So 100%. now, when you go on the road... Because I know that you go out quite a bit, and I was looking over your schedule, and I got kind of stoked to see that you're going to be at a writer's conference out here in uh, California yeah. leading worship and stuff. Do you usually travel alone? Because, I mean, I know your wife has a lot of responsibilities at home, or does the family ever come, or some of them, or how do you handle that? Um, about about nine out of ten times, it's either just me or me and a guitar player. Uh, mm-hmm. Once in a blue moon, um, 
depending on where I'm going and what the circumstances are. Like, like if I'm going and I, and I'll be leading worship or, or be, or, or at a church service or, or I have a concert that's near where we're from, then a lot of times my family will go with me because our family's down there and, and different things. Mm-hmm. I have, a, I'm, I'm doing a worship event in my hometown the, the end of this month and there, we're all going to load up and go, but most of the time it's, it's just me or, or I don't play any instruments. I wish I did, but I don't. <laughs> So right, it's either right, just right. me and some tracks or uh, me and a guitar player most of the time. Oh, that's so – okay, I didn't realize that. That's so cool. Now, another question I'm going to throw out to you, but I'm also going to front load it. So people really trip out when they see, oh, Jason, you're in California. And I, I use the words conservative very conservatively, and I use the word liberal right. because I liberally love and I conservatively hate. I stay away from right. all the other stuff. Yeah. I just want people to see the love of Christ to me. But I always say, just because I live in California, I'm not – of California. So out here, we have been uh, homeschooling our kids for as long as I can remember. Now, do you homeschool or do you guys public school? And I'm cool. We homeschool. I never, you homeschool. Okay. I kind of figured that out, but I When I say we, I mean she. Like she takes care, my wife takes care of all that. But yeah, we homeschool. (laughs) We do the same. So when I come down to the room and our, you know, we only have two and our boys are a little older now. The first thing she says is, please leave because I'm into trash. And, you know, because I'm like, <laughs> right, right. dude, let's go outside. Let's go fishing. Let's go shooting. Let's go do something like that. Right. So have you guys always homeschooled your kids? Uh, no, we actually, oh, man, I, it's hard to remember when we started. Um, it's probably been six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. We started like like my, my oldest son was was in public school pretty much his his whole school career you know and uh and then the next two those one of them is finished with school but they're they're 19 and 17 Mm -hmm. and they probably we started homeschooling them maybe around junior high i guess Mm -hmm. and and so the younger ones have very little or no experience with public school they've always homeschooled that's so cool because that's what we did our our older ones because we adopted them so much later they were already set and you know, they're just the last two years. We, we, we had to weigh the pros and the cons of what would work for us. But our youngers, um, the same thing. They had very limited public school. And again, I'm not shooting down the public school system because I know right. a lot of folks need it. The Lord wants their children there too. But for right. us personally, it was such a blessing because I just remember one day the Lord spoke to me and said, you know what? I've given you all the tools you need to raise your kids, to educate them and, you know, make them, you're going to make them as smart as the worldly uh, educational stuff and everything. And right. we started doing that. Have you, have you seen a deeper growth just in your family's faith and, and everything? Since oh yeah. You started doing that. Yeah. That and, and the relationships with one another, it's, it's been really important to me and my wife really, I mean, really from the beginning. Well, from the beginning of the time we had more than one child, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that, that we, we want our kids to be close and, 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 and build strong relationships with one another and homeschooling, I think has helped that a ton. They, they lean on one another and they entertain one another. You know, a lot of people look at us and say, well, you know, they're like, Oh my gosh, how do y'all do it? I'm like, well, first of all, we're, we're not, right. we're not really succeeding. <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's sort of a circus here, but second yeah. of all, I'll, you know, we didn't have octuplets. We had eight kids right. Uh, right. all at different right. times. And so they, you know, it actually kind of helps a lot that we have so many, they, they entertain one another and spend time That's, with one another, yeah. you know? 
that's the same with it. Like people ask, like your two sons or two youngest, they're best friends, right? They act like best friends. Right. Like, yes, they do because they entertain. And don't get me wrong, the Sawtell boys, they're out doing jujitsu. They're out, you know, going right. to Maui surfing, doing all this stuff and everything. So, so we, we get to do all that, but it's such a beauty to see them actually grow up as children as opposed right. to being in a system of learning, you know, if that kind of makes sense. Right. So that's so cool, man. Thanks for sharing that. All right. I don't want to hold you up too much, sure. but I do need to ask you this albums, mm-hmm. media, yeah. anything you got going on in your life right now, what are you working on? What have you worked on and what can we expect out of you? Oh man, I have, I have sp- I have lots of music that's out there, like on all the digital platforms. Uh, but I have a brand new song that's coming out this month, actually, uh, the end of the month. It's, um, it's kind of, it's hard to explain. It's kind of like, it's got a really rock and roll swampy kind of feel, but it's a, it's a gospel song. Yeah. It's called dig my grave. Uh, it's basically a song about how, uh, I like to say my least favorite promise in the Bible is that we're all going to die, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> right, uh, right. but, uh, but that's not it though. That that's right. not the end. And that's what the song's about. Um, but I have tons of music out there already. Dig my grave comes out the 27th of January. Uh, okay. but I, I got all kinds, man, you can go to my website, tatiofficial.com or any of the socials. I'm on mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook and all that, you know, and, and find how to get, to all of that i got we wrote a book my wife and i wrote a book and it came out last, not this past summer but last summer and so that's out there too all, all kinds of things we got our hands in <laughs> fantastic well I'll definitely be sure to post all that out there because i know for a fact a lot of the people that listen to this podcast and then also follow on my social medias they're just going to be so excited to see you as a guest on the show too because they're always asking me to get exciting but real people Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You want real or you want exciting? I got, I got, <laughs> I got two choices for you. Okay, and so to bring right. you together, to real and the excitement, man, I just appreciate everything you're doing. I love the way that you transparently live your life and you live your faith and you live out your music with us, man. So thank you so much for all you do. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it a ton. I hope you found this episode as encouraging as I did. Be sure to click the like, subscribe, or whatever button you see that will notify you of future shows because we have some awesome guests lined up that you're not going to want to miss. Until next week, remember this, my friends. Jesus is all we need. I love you guys. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. So head on over to lifeaudio.com and check them out. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.